1: Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Greg Ducharme, joined today by Mark Immelman. Mark, how are you doing? What's up?
2: I'm all good. Uh, had a good day at the Golf Channel studio, as You know, of course, our crew's broken up, the CBS crew. And, and so I was down there with uh, Frank Nodolo and, uh, and uh, Nick Felder, which is always fun. Um, it was a good vibe in there. And got to work alongside Mike Tarico for the first time, albeit oh, he was in uh, Detroit. So, so I've had a good day. Thank you very much.
1: So we are well. Thank you for joining us, Mark. We are on YouTube today, which has been a great success so far. So thank you for watching us on YouTube, uh, the YouTube, I should I say? I apologize. (laughs) It has been
2: uh... the backstory for the folks just tuning in. Okay, I'm the old guy and the group of youngsters, these bucks, and 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 I made some quip about something, and Greg over here said, "Oh, Mark, I thought you were that old that you that you called it the YouTube." So it's (laughs) simply stuck.
1: the YouTube, it, it, uh, yeah. So the first cut podcast, it's on the YouTube now, which has been, uh, which has been great fun. So thank you to everybody who's who's gotten over there and watched on YouTube. It's been great fun. We've had uh, a little more success than we expected so far over there. So keep up the great work. Um, so Mark, an interesting day out there today, and. Bryson DeChambeau is back at it again, a 66 today. It seems like that's even par for him these days. Every round he tees it up, every single time he tees it up, it seems to be somewhere in the mid-60s. What did you think of his round today?
2: Well, we had it front and center on our broadcast because he was uh, one of the afternoon feature groups. And, and, you know, we've talked about this almost ad nauseum. But as Nick Felder said to me, he never fails to entertain because he's become an entertainer now. And to me, Bryson DeChambeau is the talk of the PGA Tour. Players are talking about it. Fans certainly are. Announcers, we're talking about it. Podcasters. It's sort of the top of every show and and well-deserved because it's not just a sideshow. It's not just a circus of power. You know, beefy Bryson. He is showing all of the tools, the requisite tools to shooting low scores. And And today he was just I mean, he was like a behemoth off the tee, um, averaged like 331 off the tee, effectively brought this golf course that was playing firm in spots to its knees, had a number of wedges in there that he clipped beautifully. Um, he putted incredibly. I mean, the, he, he made, a, made a number of putts. He's well up there in strokes game putting, I know that. But Yeah, first. first yeah, first. And, and, I mean, you take the combination, Greg, you know this is a golf teacher, of Power, powerful, accurate driving. It's not just powerful because he's not touching all bases yet. These things are ripped and they're in play. And then you putt well, you're on your way. Now, bar a late bogey, which will sting some because of some sort of ill-controlled distance with the irons, it was another sensational day. And, and at the outset, I know we just won round in, but you had better stay in front of de DeChambeau if you want to win, the quick, uh, win this Rocket, Rocket Mortgage Classic
1: he is it's just like he's on the verge of winning and you see a guy who's driving it as well as he is which is like you said Mark it's the talk of the town and then the thing that impresses me is how well he's rolling the ball i mean i think it was on uh i think it was on 16 today when they sh- they showed this great worm cam of a birdie putt that he made and the ball First, it was like it was textbook. He had it had the worm cam. He's got the line on the ball, the line on his putter is lined up perfectly with the line on the ball. As soon as he rolls it, it comes out just rolling perfectly end over end, and he seems to have it rolling that way. And that's why he's making putts. That's how a guy that's you know beefed up like this. He's drinking all these protein shakes. He still leads the field in strokes game putting. Uh, 132 feet of putts made today. It's so it's so impressive.
2: He's also leading in strokes gained rashes of bacon eaten in the morning. Okay. just, yeah. just in the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, uh, the The thing that strikes me about the putting is, you know, that arm lock method he employs that perennially is good for short putts, but I've always believed it's hard to control distance because you've kind of locked a lever. So to swing that thing back and forth a long way and really get a sense for the putter head is difficult. But there was an instance on 14, the par five, it was my hole today, where he had this 35-footer or so up and over a crest to a green walking away from him. And we had the natural, the mics going for the natural sound, and he would pace to the crest of the hill, and then he looked in the green book to see what the percentage slope was. So he calculated that with the speed of the greens and the percentage, figured out, okay, I need to hit it this much, then calculated the second half of the putt, and I was looking at this game, my goodness. And, and, and Nick is sort of chiming in in his typical fashion. And Bryson holds this thing at perfect holding speed. And when the, I looked at this, I was like, he is almost making something that long has been believed hard to quantify, hard to measure, like pace control in putting. He's essentially almost doing this right now. And if you can get a handle on speed, off the tee certainly, then controlling speed on your iron shots for trajectory and then controlling speed on your long putts, you've essentially beaten the game. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a lot for him to, something's going to have to go massively wrong for this not to work out.
1: I, I love watching his interviews. He says, yeah, you know, if I can keep hitting, if I can keep hitting it straight, uh, like, I, like I have been, if I can keep hitting greens and keep making putts, uh, it's going to be a fun week. I'm thinking, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's kind of the the name of the game oh. there, Bryson. But, but you, you mentioned the 14th hole, Mark. And you're looking at on the 14th hole, longest drives of the day. This just puts it in perspective. I know we've been hammering the point hole, but this just puts it in perspective. Uh, Bubba Watson, 342 yard, uh, 341 yards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cameron Champ. Uh, 342 yards see, now
2: field, by the way, after the COVID test and the, and the reversal of the PGA tour policy, if you yeah. a couple of negative tests within 24 hours of each other, it was great to see him playing.
1: Yeah. I think he had three negative tests uh, mm-hmm. within 24 hours, which it's great to have him out there. He's another guy that has all the distance in the world, but Bryson still outdrove him by, what is that? Uh, 34, 34 yards, 34. 376. Yards on 14. Well, I mean, what you saw that hole, what'd you think of that one?
2: Yeah, I teed it up because there was a long wait because it's a reachable five, I was playing the second easiest hole on the course. And they come to me, and my producer goes, um, Well, you can say something about Bryson essentially waiting for the green because he just bashed one like 350 on the previous hole. So I teed it up, and Mike Tirico picked it up perfectly. I'm like, Well, Mike, it looks like uh, there's a, a, a Detroit traffic jam here on 14. But Bryson's just waiting for the folks to stow their tray tables and, and buckle up their safety belts because we're about to take off here. And, and he got there, and you could see he was going to smash one. I mean, the stance widened. You could hear one or two deep breaths from the from the nat mics. And the next thing, this dude just unloads, and it was just mammoth. I mean, he hit it so hard and hit it in the fairway. Hit nine iron to both par fives in the back nine. Nine iron
1: but <laughs> uh, they were saying v- VJ Singh made Eagle on, on the same hole. He hit driver and a three wood in there. Now uh, um, Bryson had nine iron. That is, I would say ridiculous. So it's been, it's been a great performance so far. Um, we, we haven't seen him finish outside the top eight um, basically since the, the Florida swing. So it's been extremely impressive and we'll see what happens for the rest of the week. It, uh, if, it if it continues to go this way, we'll probably talk about him tomorrow. Uh, probably talk about him on Saturday and it seems like we're going to talk about him again on Sunday so it's been it's been great so far Uh, another player who played really well today uh, Kevin Kisner Mark what did you make of this round I mean this guy can really get it rolling when when he when he putts well what do you like about his game what do you think about his chances here
2: well Kis hangs out in, in the Carolinas He's from South Carolina obviously North Carolina is where Donald Russ did the the lion's share of all of his work I mean some fantastic golf courses and Kevin plays at Palmetto, which is a Donald Ross design. And, and so he gets how to navigate his way around here. And, and the golf course, the fairways were rolling out some. The greens were still receptive. Late in the day, you could see them bouncing. Um, but there's kind of a, an unwritten rule about a Ross course that says long is wrong. So if you can hit the ball short of the flag and you sort of keep the thing shorter than a hole high, you're going to putt uphill and you can putt aggressively and Kevin can putt. We know this. And he's the kind of guy when he gets the bit between his teeth, he, he's a really gritty sort of a competitor. And, and and if if he's hitting the ball in play off the tee, um, he, if he's going to be able to put the irons in position, putt aggressively, and when you give Kiz a free run or two, he's going to make his share. And so I, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, coming in, yeah, it's sort of been flying under the radar some, and that's also never a bad thing for some of these guys.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree, Mark. He's a fiery competitor. We've seen it many times before. Uh, and, and he's another one of those guys you expect to see through the weekend. What I like about kids this week so far is he's gaining approaching the green. He uh, 2.15 strokes gained, approach the green. It tells you, as you said, Mark, he's in control of that distance. He's avoiding the long is wrong, which I, I love that long is wrong on a Donald Ross course. Uh, many great designers have that feature too.
2: Well, to that, I mean, the thing, or you, you know the drill. If you can hit the ball hole high, typically you're going to have a good putt at the thing. Right. But most Ross courses, because they tilt from back to front, if you're hole high, you can have yourself a wicked left to right to, or something from right to left, depending on the side of the hole that you're on. So underneath the hole, sometimes it's better to miss a green short than it is to short side yourself hole high left or right or in behind the green because you know these green complexes around this place are, are just. I mean, they're gnarly in spots. They've got a lot of movement. Yeah, some hollows everywhere, and you better be controlling distance on your approach shot.
1: They're the kind of greens where if you're uh, if you're you have to be precise with your irons to have a great putting week. You can leave yourself easy putts if you understand the greens. It looks like Kevin Kisner's doing that so far with 765 so far today. Um, and again, as I said, I think both of these two players are guys who are going to be around on the weekend. And you can catch all of the tournament action on CBS this weekend. We've got options for you to watch the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, right up there in Motown in Detroit. On your computer? Yes, sir. Just go to cbsports.com. On your phone? Uh, this may come in hand if you're stuck at a pool party this weekend. Uh, and yes, you can watch there too. And it's totally free. Download the CBS Sports app. And you're off and running watching Bryson launch fireworks of his own this fourth of July weekend. (laughs) That's well-written. Really, really nice work. You can also stream on Roku like I do fire TV, Apple TV through the CBS sports app on those devices. So in other words, there's no excuse to miss the action on CBS this weekend. Uh, We're going to, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners.
0: Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution Through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping and we're back
1: this thursday at the top of the leaderboard this is a big day for 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 the first cut Uh, a couple of uh, i don't know how would you say it jacob maybe their first cut darlings uh first cut sweethearts we got scott stallings mark i know you have some thoughts on this this is this is the, uh, the the generic player on the PGA Tour, right?
2: So where's, K, where's KP when you need him? Kyle Porter, I wish you were part of this because, yeah, what does is, what is Kyle call, call this? The generic PGA? Yeah,
1: he's the generic PGA Tour player. And, and basically, anytime he's thinking of a player, I, I mean, you got to think of how this comes to be. If Ricky Fowler's doing something or Bryson's doing something, it, the line is kind of... Well, I mean, it's not like we're talking about I don't know, Scott Stallings here. He this is the Eddie goes to Scott Stallings every time. So it's been funny. And Scott's played well the past couple of weeks. It's been impressive. Well, what have you made of his performance?
2: Let me tell you something about this generic PGA to a professional. He is <laughs> hardly that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you speak of metamorphosis and, and, and what he went through in changing his body. I mean, he has turned into a beast in the gym. And I yeah. love his mantra. He goes, the rent is due, pay the man. And he's got this up on the wall in his home gym. That guy works out like a banshee. And he's gotten into such good shape. He's done great work with his instructor, Scott Hamilton. And, and, and since he came back, since this restart, didn't play Colonial and has played uh, the Heritage and the Travelers, eight rounds. He's only shot, he shot six of those, uh, seven of those rounds in the 60s and deep in the 60s. At a tire for six last week, he's continued the good uh, vein of form. So, this generic guy—not so—not not so much generic over here. I yeah, mean, he's ten straight
1: rounds of par, better, which yeah, is and, uh, pretty good.
2: Yeah, and 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 I mean the, the guy's got a pretty decorated resume as well. There's multiple PGA Tour wins. I mean, he's got all sorts of game, and and he's not the kind of guy, judging by what he's done to his body, that is ever going to back down from any sort of a challenge. We saw this when he won his first event at the Greenbrier back in. 11, I think it was. And then he's had a couple of wins since. One of those is Torrey Pines. And that south course, man, it is so hard. You get a free game, I think, if you birdie the 18th over there. It's so difficult. And so if you can win around there, you know you've got game. And so he's proven that more often than not.
1: And again, I, I think he's another player just like Kevin Kisner, and I believe this is a theme that you're going to see. Nate Lashley did the same thing last year, where the approach game is very important because the greens are so difficult. So you got to put it in position. He gained, I mean, he had 15 greens, which is huge. Gains three strokes to the uh, to the field. He's third in strokes gained approach the green. It's a really good sign. It's not just a a hot putter where he kind of made everything. It, that that's sustainable. So um, another player that we'll definitely be watching. A generic player.
2: I want to put a. I, want to put a, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a fan of Scott Starling's, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, and the one thing he does great, and, and this typically works around a Ross place, because you, you like to kind of creep up on holes, right? If you're trying to airmail air balls into back hole locations, you're going to get tripped up more often than not. And Scullings hits a flat, driven sort of a heavy ball flight. So to back hole locations. He can sort of hit the thing that lands center of the green, climbs up ledges. And so essentially that way you eliminate long and you eliminate these sorts of putts where you leave yourself kind of playing defense the entire time. So the way he flats the iron game, I feel like would really settle well with a place like the Detroit golf club.
1: You always want to be, like you said, you're you're just you're advancing. You said creeping up on holes. I think it's a great way to it's a great way to put it. You don't want to go past the hole, turn around, and come back because uh, Donald Rossi just he doesn't like that very much. Uh, another player who has been, I would say, this week especially, um, a sweetheart on the on the first Cup podcast has been Doc Redmond. Uh, and Doc Redmond, another great round today. He basically got his PGA Tour card at this event last year. He came in second place, uh, even though it was six shots behind Nate Lashley in, in a runaway performance. It was a great performance for Doc Redmond too, shot 19 under last year and got his PGA Tour card. Um, so what what did you think of Doc today? I mean, we we all basically were very high on him going into the week and he showed up for round one.
2: Well, last year, if it wasn't for Nate Lashley playing a different golf course, so. Uh, Doc Redmond wouldn't have been the B flight winner. I mean, he would have won this thing pretty comfortably as well. Um, look, he's a good player, uh, all America at Clemson. Um, he, he, if he was a stock, I'd say he's trending right now because he opened up the season uh, at colonial, just finished inside the set, made the cut, finished down the pack. Uh, then had a, just, just outside the top 20, I think it was T 21. at Hilton head then, um, T 11 last week at the travelers. So if he's a stock, he's trending and, 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 the, and golfers have sort of a horses for courses mentality. If you go to a place that just fits your eye, you're instantly comfortable. And, and, and one of the biggest wreckers, in my opinion, of a golf swing is doubt. Because doubt causes tension, and tension sort of ruins golf swings. But if you get to a place where the sight lines fit your eyes, where, where you're comfortable with a golf course, where you feel easy on the greens, you know it, it sort of brings the sense of calm, a, a presence to one. And, and that's what everyone's always looking for week in and week out. It's, it's, this, it's this being comfortable in uncomfortable surroundings. And when you go back to a happy hunting ground like he is this week, you know, it's not that surprising that he's playing well. But i tell you what, being comfortable, being confident, besides seven birdies to finish your round in eight holes or whatever it was, I mean, that's just plain insanity. So uh, it was a heck of a first round by Redmond.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was seven birdies on the last nine. He birdied um, 11, 12, and 13, and then and then he took a break for 14. Birdied 15, 16, 17, 18. I love seeing the close like that. You make four birdies in a row to close. It changes the day entirely. So, I mean, he vaults himself – to the top of the leaderboard and now he's in control. I mean, it's very important on the PGA tour to get off to a good start. You can't mm-hmm. win it on Thursday. We've said it all the time, but I think last time I checked, it was something like 73% of all winners on the PGA tour finish round one inside the top 10, which is, uh, it's important to know. I mean, you got to get yourself in the mix early on because over the weekend, it, you know, it's hard to shoot four rounds in a row, it's hard to shoot three rounds in a row of really low scores and getting the first one out of the way uh, in 65 and seven under and 66, somewhere around there, right there in the mix goes a long way come Sunday. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what all these players we just talked about can do.
2: Yeah. Well, look, it's uh, the, the, the pellet is there for them to take advantage of uh, the golf course is an immaculate condition. You have to keep the ball in play off The, uh, off the tee because we saw some grizzly lies in that uh, in that Kentucky bluegrass kind of rough. Um, but if you're playing from the fairway, I mean the fairways are immaculate, the greens are good, even though they're perennial, and they they rolled well late in the afternoon, which typically is the knock on perennial grass. So, so yeah, it's it's there to be had if you if you're striking the ball well and you keep your nerve, you can take advantage of this place.
1: What did you think of the rough? Did you think the rough was a little bit longer than we've been seeing recently on the PGA Tour?
2: Well, compared to the last few weeks, yes, it yeah. was not the regulation par 72 golf course um, from my point of view where you can get after some par fives. The, the only thing for me, you know, Donald Ross, Nicholas called him the Michelangelo of golf designers or architects, right? And so when Jack gives that sort of praise, then you know. And the one thing about Ross, he and McKenzie and all of those golden era uh, um, architects they use undulation as defense for a golf course. You won't see much water around the place. And so you've got these beautiful perched up greens and stuff, but around every green, the rough the is grown up. So it's essentially mitigating the design feature of the golf course. So if you miss a green, you're splashing out of some heavy rough where if they had to mow some chipping areas into that place, you would see all sorts of stuff going on. So rough yeah. is lush. I just wish they'd they'd mowed it, you know, into some chipping areas around greens just to sort of, show off the player's skill around the greens really
1: it's an interesting point i mean you you really would have some some sharp kind of fall-offs and the ball would get because they're pushed up especially towards the back of the greens then I mean, the ball would get quite far away from the hole right i mean these there these a lot of these short chips that come from the rough would become much longer chips pitches flop shots if they if they were to mow it down
2: Essentially, the way it's playing right now is every guy, if he misses a green, you're making like a splash bunker shot out of the hairy rough. The ball is down in there, you're taking a big long swing with a lob wedge, and you're kind of guessing. We heard that from Patrick Reed and company, and Reed is typically good around a green, but you get some lies where it's just kind of a lottery, really, and you're swinging and you're sort of hoping. But when you have runoff areas and you have fairway cuts around greens, that's when the real skill is brought to bear. So So, you know, I'd like to see that. But that being said, you know, whatever the pallet is, low score wins. If it's 25 under and you win, if it's four under, you win. So, you you know, there's no complaining. Just go and golf and go and play. You know,
1: I will say on on the rough thing, reading a lie in the rough is a skill, no doubt. And if you can predict how that ball is going to come out, and like Phil Mickelson, for instance, is a genius at it. He understands how a lie is going to respond, and he never seems to get unlucky in that sense, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I would concede that, especially when you're playing to a green on an approach shot. But my beef is sort of more around the greens where, you know, these guys have developed the skill of floating a ball a certain distance, grabbing some spin and having a travel total journey, right? Yep. Where you've got this lush rough around the greens, you know how much you're got to swing, but you're guessing on the rough's influence on your golf club and how much it's gonna slow down the speed of the club. And you know, we we saw Jason Day, who's great around the greens, swing completely underneath one on the final hole, his final hole of the day, move the ball like three feet in front of him. So, a lot of it is professional guessing. And you're right; it, it's a skill to learn that. But but judging how much the grass is going to grab the club, I think that 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 is that's guessing at best.
1: Yeah, and I I understand what you're saying here about um about the skill in the mowing areas. I personally am a fan of the mowing areas too. I like to see the ball on the ground. I think it's very interesting. Um, but you know, a guy who didn't really see the ball on the ground very much was Doc Redman. And hey, Mark, if you had a chance to win $1000, what would you say?
2: I'd say bring it. Let's go.
1: And then what if I were to say, you don't even have to put your own cash down. You don't even need to put your own cash at stake. Go play our CBS Sports golf prop game at CBSports.com golfprops golf props. That's cbssports.com slash golf props. We have 10 questions for every round. So you'll still have three more opportunities to win this week. You just got to log on to cbsports.com sign up, answer the questions, and you're automatically in contention for the cash. And of course, terms and conditions apply. This The question we will ask you tonight, Mark what score will Doc Redmond shoot in round two? This was written by our very own Rick Gaiman over 68 and a half or under 68 and a half? He did finish uh, second at the Mortgage Classic last year, as we mentioned.
2: Yeah. Um, he played this morning, right? He played early.
1: Yep, he did.
2: Played early. early. And the lion's uh, share of the low scores were. Put together early this morning. The golf course firmed up some in the afternoon, so he's got an early wave. Um, just shot, uh, Just a sensational round. Oftentimes, it's hard to back that up. He is playing with a bunch of confidence, but 68 is four under around here. Um, I,
1: it's a good line. I know it's hard.
2: A tremendous line. I mean, you you the par fives are gettable. So if you make four birdies on fives, that's 68 but I still think I'm gonna take the over here. I think he shoots 69 tomorrow afternoon, which will be a Not- decent day because that that, that looked this afternoon because no one really separated from the pack except for Bryson. The rest of them, it was like a peloton of players around the place and they're all sort of from four to two under par. So uh, I'm going with, well, I'm going with over on this one.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take the over too, I agree. I, I think it's a great line. I think you see him shoot 70 or 69, which would still be a great round, as I said. Um, but Mark, anyway, thank you for joining us tonight. It, it was uh, great getting to catch up and chat. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's Mark Immelman. You can get him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. I'm Greg Ducharme. You can get me at the real GFD. Thank you so much for listening or watching on the YouTube. Uh,
2: get <laughs> my new shirt on the YouTube. Check it out. Summary.
1: Check. I, yeah, I <laughs> love the shirt, by the way. It's really nice work. Anyway, that's it for us. We'll see you next time.